Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. 1 John 5, verses 11 to 12. I love the way the apostles, when they wrote, repeated the most important phrases. John begins the fifth chapter of his first letter, telling us that God has witnessed to his son, the witness being that God has given us eternal life through his son, and whoever doesn't have the son doesn't have life. Look around you, I would say to my children. Everything's alive. So what's God talking about? Yes, we're alive on earth for our four score years and ten, but then what happens? We may feel full of life as we trip through the world during our life here, but as we get closer, and Max Lucado happily told me this morning during my Bible study that I'm closer than I've ever been before, thanks Max, as we get older, we can't help but contemplate what is the meaning of our life on earth, what happens next. Does anything happen next? Well, according to Jesus and John and Paul and other writers, eternity is next as long as we have the Son, as long as we accept him as our Saviour. There is, There has to be something better than our life here and now to look forward to. My children would look at me and say, better? Better than my life now? Oh, yes, I'd say much, much better. And how does eternity look to you? As I contemplate my gift from Jesus, I'm suddenly worn out by the constant struggle of my life here. Yet I won't give it up easily or willingly. I'm happy to snatch those blink of an eye moments of joy and tolerate those long drawn out times of sorrow or worry or just sheer hard work in order to stay firmly rooted on terra firma. Let's not get too fond of our life here. Let's think of it as a passage through which we must pass on our way to somewhere glorious forever. Then a smile may dance on our faces as we reflect the life we have in God's Son. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest this week is Anne Zeiss, who has a green home from where she runs her business, A to Z Homeschool, a site of resources that will keep you browsing for hours. I'll be a tad patriotic today because we've just had the focal weekend of Her Majesty's Diamond Jubilee. I've been here a year already, and I'll talk about the loss of green spots in London in keeping with my guest's green theme and my nephew's first Holy Communion. Tea is in my cup today, and I've gone back to Bakewell Tarts. There's something so British about a good cherry Bakewell. Enjoy my hour as I regale you with stories from a very patriotic country. Well, this weekend was hectic, and our dancer daughter had to miss most of the festivities because of rehearsals for her final show in July. Her dance college has very similar attitudes to the ballet school she belonged to in America. I believe that we're given specific personalities to work with to prepare us for life later on. Have you noticed that when you change churches or neighbourhoods or jobs or even states, you can always find similar characters? My children are savvy to this. For example, at the first church they remember, there was an elderly couple who always made a huge fuss of them. For some reason, they earned the nickname Fruit Loops. Perhaps they smelled sweet, or her perfume was fruity. Anyway, whenever we move churches, which has been twice, they identify with another elderly couple who, whether or not they smell like Fruit Loops, are given the name Fruit Loops. This works really well with my teacher daughter, who seems to always be moving on from classroom to classroom, to school to school. She grows very attached to the children under her care and is sad when she has to leave them. But she remembers to look for another 
Christabel or Juan, and very often she'll find one. Anyway, back to the dance college in Lee. These people think of bottom line only, and it's a business, so why not? But they give my daughter a hard time for working, which she does to save for her return home. And they expect her to drop everything for rehearsals called at short notice. She can't always manage it, but her job is very understanding. And this Jubilee weekend, she decided to put her foot down and at least take one of the three bank holidays off, which we've been given to celebrate with the royal family as they float down the Thames with seven miles of decked out boats on Sunday and attend the service on Tuesday at St. Paul's. And of course, the neighbourhood and family teas and lunches taking place all over the bank holidays, long weekend. She reasoned that this is an occasion she will never have the opportunity to see again. It isn't just any old occasion. It's the Diamond Jubilee year, which means 60 years. Even if Wills gets the throne today, he probably won't make it to 60 years. So our daughter took the Sunday off and we tootled off to the Thames and watched the seven-mile flotilla of festively decorated boats sail past in person. So... In honour of her Diamond Jubilee, here are some fun facts about Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, taken from the official website, thediamondjubilee.org. As at 1st of January 2012, the Queen is the second longest-serving monarch. Only five other kings and queens in British history have reigned for 50 years or more, and you need to look these up. They are Victoria, 63 years, George III, 59 years, Henry III, 56 years, Edward III, 50 years, must be something about thirds, James VI of Scotland, who is also James I of England, for 58 years. The Queen is the 40th monarch since William the Conqueror obtained the crown of England in 1066, the Norman Conquest. Since 1952, the Queen has given royal assent to more than 3,500 Acts of Parliament. There have been six Archbishops of Canterbury during the Queen's reign. There have also been six Roman Catholic Popes during her reign. The Queen is currently patron of over 600 charities and organisations, over 400 of which she has held since 1952. That is dedication. So no complaining about the good works you're involved in. Since 1952, the Queen has conferred over 404,500 honours and awards. The Queen has answered around three and a half million items of correspondence. And we complain about writing thank you notes for Christmas and birthday presents. The Queen has sent over 175,000 telegrams to centenarians in the UK and the Commonwealth. The Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh have sent approximately 45,000 Christmas cards during the Queen's reign. That's a Christmas card list of 750 people. And you think you send out a lot. The Queen has given out approximately 90,000 Christmas puddings to staff, continuing the custom of King George V and King George VI. That's 1,500 staff, if they all get one, makes me wonder what the payroll is. The Queen's official visits have ranged from the Cocos Island, 5.4 square miles with only a population of 596, to the People's Republic of China, 3.7 million square miles with a population of 1.34 billion. Here's one for my zookeeper son unusual live gifts given to the Queen on foreign tours. Two tortoises given to the Queen in the Seychelles in 1972. A seven-year-old bull elephant called Jumbo given to Her Majesty by the President of Cameroon in 1972 to mark the Queen's silver wedding. And two black beavers given to the Queen after a royal visit to Canada. I wonder where she keeps them. The first football match the Queen attended was the 1953 FA Cup final. This is the same football game, 59 years on, where my daughter danced during the pre-game show this year. The Queen has launched 21 ships during her reign, 
lots of smiles and bottles of champagne. Over the course of the reign, almost one and a half million people have attended garden parties at Buckingham Palace or the Palace of Holyrood House. I've never been. The Queen has sat for 129 portraits, not all of them brilliantly flattering, I must say. She is a good sport. The first royal walkabout took place during the visit by the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh to Australia and New Zealand in 1970. The practice was introduced to allow them to meet as many people as possible, not simply officials and dignitaries. And we missed the one in Bromley a couple of weeks ago, but we found pictures online at the Daily Mail. They were superb and you can't even see the rain. Here's one for my filmmaker son. In 1969, the first television film about the family life of the royal family was made and shown on the eve of the investiture of Prince Charles as Prince of Wales. And it wasn't the last. Here's some good social media information. The Queen launched the British monarchy's official website in 1997. Ten years later, the official British monarchy YouTube was unveiled swiftly followed by a royal Twitter site in 2009, Flickr page in 2010, and, can you believe this, a Facebook, also in 2010. Maybe I should jump on the royal bandwagon and join Facebook. If it's good enough for the royals, then it's good enough for me. Wouldn't that be a fun job, keeping those sites current? In an average year, the Queen will host more than 50,000 people at banquets, lunches, dinners, receptions and garden parties at Buckingham Palace. And you're exhausted after the family reunion barbecue? The Queen learned to drive in 1945, but does she still drive? Nope, she has beautiful limos and a golden horse-drawn carriage at her disposal. With the birth of Prince Andrew in 1960, the Queen became the first reigning sovereign to have a child since Queen Victoria, who had her youngest child, Princess Beatrice, in 1857. The Queen's real birthday is on the 21st of April, but it's celebrated officially in June. I've always wanted to officially celebrate my birthday, which is near Christmas in May. The Queen has 30 godchildren. I don't have any. The Queen has owned more than 30 corgis during her reign, starting with Susan, who was a present for her 18th birthday in 1944. A good proportion of these have been direct descendants from Susan. Her Majesty currently has three corgis, Monty, Willow and Holly. She also introduced a new breed of dog known as the Dorgy, when one of Her Majesty's corgis was mated with a dachshund named Pipkin, which belonged to Princess Margaret, her sister. There have been 11 Dorgies, Tinker, Pickles, Chipper, Piper, Harris, Brandy, Berry, Cider, Candy and Vulcan. Good British names. The Queen's wedding ring was made from a nugget of Welsh gold which came from the Clogau St David's Mine near Dolgalu. The official wedding cake was made by McVitie and Price Limited who make those delicious chocolate digestive biscuits I go on about. And Queen Victoria was the last and to date the only British monarch to celebrate a diamond jubilee. The Queen, who was aged 85 on Accession Day in 2012, is the oldest monarch to celebrate a diamond jubilee. Queen Victoria was 77 when she celebrated hers in 1897. So go to the website diamondjubilee.org to find out more fascinating information. And tomorrow I will have been here a year. It's the 9th of June. I arrived on a Thursday, so regardless of the date, a year ago yesterday was when I arrived and went straight to the hospital to sit with my mum for four days while she struggled to live. And it's taken me that long to decide on where I want to put a memorial stone for both my parents. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, it's time for me to go on a break now. So I'll be back after these few messages. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station.
Yes, why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest this week is Anne Zeiss, who is returning after a couple of years with lots of news about her business, A to Z Homeschool. Anne homeschooled her son, and when he graduated, she took the journey from teacher of one to teacher of the world, using her creativity to produce a comprehensive education site. Her son is now CEO of her company, and together they manage the thousand-plus pages from her green home in California. Anne and I are going to be talking about new trends in homeschooling, her site, and some of the ways she and her family have come up with to make the dollars stretch. Welcome, Anne. How are you this morning? I'm fine, and, and, and I'm the CEO of the company, and my son is doing the bookkeeping. Oh, he's doing the bookkeeping. So bookkeeping, okay. yes. All right. Well, good. I'm glad um, that your son's working with you. How did that, yes. how did that happen? Um, I, it, he became available, and I needed a lot of help. Oh, right. uh, in in moving our uh, moving our site over to a WordPress site, yeah. and he uh, was willing to learn uh, QuickBooks <laughs> and learning to use ADP for um, the payroll processing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, "Fine, those are two jobs I don't particularly care for, and and if you can help me do that, I would be most appreciative." Yeah, so, well, it's it's wonderful if you can get um, family members to help you in that way. I I find with whenever I ask, I have a son who's a filmmaker. And he's brilliant. I mean, he's really, really good at everything and on, you know, to do with um, filming and sound. And when I ask him to help me, every time we get together and try to answer the question that I have for him, something goes wrong. You know, either my computer crashes or it doesn't go the way he expected it to go. And it just gets, you know, so frustrating that in the end, you know, we just say, okay, well, maybe I'll go to somebody else and you can go and, you know, sort of, that's fine. You, you be my son. (laughs) So that's, that's really, that's really great that you can actually employ your son and have it work for you because when you homeschool, you know, you are with your children a lot. So, all right. So you've got this site and, um, I want to go back a little bit to when you started the site and why you started the site. Um, I started the site actually on AOL uh, when they gave us a, two megabytes of space, mm-hmm. uh, and I was beginning to collect um, good online places for our son to learn things. There weren't very many, and uh, I realized that as I found interesting places, there were other people who wanted to know about those uh, same places, mm-hmm. and I could just refer them to the the AOL site for them to um, you know, for the good places that I had found. Uh, so it started out, it was all free. It was, it was considered bad form to have ads. And, uh, you know, and, and later it just, it just grew from that. Mm-hmm. And why did you, you started doing it because you were, you know, sort of going around and looking for, um, resources, um, to help you homeschool your son. And then it, developed how old was your son at this point and how you know he was eight oh he was eight so you were you were working in this while you were homeschooling your son right yeah Yeah. we we were and we worked on it together he was he was my um he was my feedback if some site was really awful you know and and a kid wouldn't you know even though the parent thought it was cool Mm -hmm. if if the kid didn't think it was cool um you know i would i would uh Either not place it on, or, yeah. or 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 see if there was another kid that liked it, and, yeah. and uh, he didn't have to like everything I put on there. But and so some always, kids had to. So I'm always curious about um, online stuff because when I go online, you know, I I'm I can for free just go all over the place and get all kinds of information and make notes and you know link to other places and connect to other places. I think, how do these people make money on these sites? So you talked about advertising was not, 
you know, was considered bad form when you first started. So how, I know you advertise now, but how did that start to come into play? Um, well, I think there got to be, well, I got, I got pulled in kicking and screaming because my husband lost his, his job. He got mm-hmm. laid off, which is a common phenomenon here in Silicon Valley. People mm-hmm. have great jobs and then they have no job and yeah. then they have a great job and no job. Um, the, um, and a friend of mine uh, on another site said, you really ought to um, get Google AdSense on there. And uh, so I put that on. I'd, I'd already had Google, Amazon is an affiliate program. and I've had that on there mm-hmm. uh, selling books mostly and sometimes games and toys. Um, and that made a little money enough to keep the website, make the website payments. Mm-hmm. Um, Google made a tremendous difference um, in that they would handle uh you know, be the advertisers and handle all the ins and outs and give them the reports that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and without all, once I'd placed a, 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 a general code on my site, they would just place the ads. And I could always take, if there was somebody I didn't want advertising on my site, I could always blacklist them. Okay. So uh, it's not a good thing to take, do that for too many places. I had to um, deliberately think that someplace was really bad for homeschoolers before I would not let it show up. So this, this Google AdSense, um, mm-hmm. it, um, does that mean that people can just decide, oh, I'm just going to advertise on X number of sites and they just go and advertise on them? Or have they done their research and they'll only advertise on certain sites? Or do they just want to get their names out there? They don't really care? Uh, there's three ways that an advertiser can go on. They can go on by keyword and they bid for the keywords. Okay. So that's why you see some sites all over on every homeschool site. Okay. Uh, they're probably bidding on, you know, homeschool, homeschool. homeschooling, yeah. blah, blah, okay. blah. And, they, okay. and there are then those who want to be on specific sites, and uh, they pay per impression. Uh, then is how often... Um, Somebody clicks uh, on your site. Yeah, or clicks on a page that displays their ad. Okay. Um that were, therefore, if you wanted to be on a specific page on my site, say you had an Oregon resource mm-hmm. and you uh, only wanted to show up for people from Oregon, you can mm-hmm. set it up that way mm-hmm. so that only a certain geographic area would see the ads. Uh, so if someone has, um, oh, I'm trying to think, these virtual schools are sometimes targeted for only one state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, the computer, Google can tell that the person's coming in say from Illinois okay. and will only then display oh. the Illinois huh. advertisements. So Google's doing this. You're not having to do any of that. Right. Okay. So that's kind of nice. I don't have mm. to do a lot of the work. Mm. Now Google charges a lot to people and the, with the income, um, the economy being the way it is, um, I think there's going to be fewer and fewer ads or the, they're not paying as much because there's not as much competition. So the, Bidding for the advertisements are not as um, high as they used to be, hmm. which makes it a real bargain to get advertising on my site right now because right. there just isn't as much competition and at a not as high a price. So you get some kickback from that. Right. Google yeah. then pays us a, a percentage, which is approximately 70% of um what the advertiser would pay to be on there. Okay, so you know what? I always thought when I saw advertisings, ad- advertisements on, on sites, I thought that, you know, the person that owned the site had had gone out to try and, you know, sort of solicit these advertisers. But that I've got some of those too. You've got some of those too, so you can do it that way. Yes. Okay. So I, I, have, I, have, so I have three sorts. The, the Google ones... Google Places. Mm-hmm. I've um, got uh, direct advertisers, and they have paid me directly. They have sent me a check, mm-hmm. and I put their ads where mm-hmm. they want them to show up on my site. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, then, and then there's the affiliate advertisers like Amazon, yeah. uh, where I only get paid if they if someone buys their product. Yeah. Now their product, not something that you're selling, something that they're selling. Right. I personally don't have anything I sell on my site. Okay. Okay. All right. But you do, but you don't know because you talked about Kindle. Now we're getting into some new trends in homeschooling and you talked about Kindle and being able to 
um, give a prospective buyer access to the first chapter before they decided to buy it. But it's not you selling the book on Kindle. They're buying uh, through Amazon? Yeah, through Amazon, yes. Yeah. They, they wind up, if they like the first chapter, they can then click on a, uh, I, you know, yeah, I want to buy it. They don't have to buy the Kindle version mm-hmm. that I'm displaying. They, if they want it in paperback or hardback, they can buy it in, in those formats too. Okay. But if they went to Amazon directly, would they be able to read the first chapter of that book? Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. same code okay. that I have on my sites okay. on, on Amazon. Okay. That's where I got it. Yeah. Amazon okay. lets us do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and But it, this way they can not have to leave the, leave my site yeah. and the, the navigation is still nearby yeah. if they want to leave it. Or they can make it a full screen, which is kind of nice if you've got it and you want it to display full screen on your monitor. Yeah. Um, so what have you noticed then? Because obviously you get reports. I'm sure you've got, you get reports yeah. from all of these places. Um, and how how people are using your site and what they you know the pages they're going to most frequently. What have you seen you know coming up that's new or different to what it was like when not necessarily when you first started, but you know maybe in the last five years? Oh, a lot more electronic books are selling. Uh-huh. Uh, people still buy the other books though in, in great quantity. Um, you know, I call it real books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the. Um, a common problem that homeschoolers have is where do I put more books? Uh, you know, you, you have yeah. every wall covered with bookshelves and mm-hmm, books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where are you going to put a new book um, if you buy it? <laughs> you know, it gets to be such a – it gets to be a problem. Mm-hmm, so yeah. we'll uh, need to, to – um, an option then or to have more portability with your books a lot of parents have to go take their kids to some kind of an you know an hour lesson and they have to sit around and wait for their child to get mm-hmm. done with the lesson mm-hmm. and it is so handy to have um uh, some books to read um on your kindle or on your ipad yeah, yeah. uh and uh it also helps visual, uh, people with vision problems, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a bit of farsightedness as you get older, to be able to make the print a little larger. Yes, and you can make it um, just just one little size larger. You don't have to, you know, do like in the library. You've either got the normal print or the large print. There's no sort of in-between. <laughs> yes, yes. So you can just make it a little larger. Yeah, a little and, larger. Uh, you don't feel quite so old. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think people, I think people like that. It's, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, it's kind of handy. Uh, it, it's hard to convince my husband. He still likes his paper books. And, yes, I uh, must admit I like my paper books, but you know, living in England, we travel a lot on the public transport and I uh-huh. see a lot of people slide out their little slim Kindle and, and read it. And I think, yeah, well, I could do that. But then you don't it know gives you a little reading. choice. You yeah. know, you could be reading the news on it yeah. or a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was. We were getting so much litter around the house of just magazines and and uh, papers. And I thought, well, you know, a lot of these things you can subscribe to yeah. on the, on the internet and uh, or on your Kindle or iPad, and you don't have to have all that those piles and piles that you never get around to. Yeah. And they're always with you when you are in that hurry up and wait mode. Yeah. At a. Um, Yes, because um, you, you invariably forget. I mean, I, I just go, oh, I should have bought my book. But if you just carried your Kindle around with you everywhere you went, then you'd have it there, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and it's also a great way for entertaining kids who are getting a little bored. You're maybe out to dinner and you want to talk, you know, with the adults and the kids getting a little antsy. And they can, um, well, we've got the iPad and it's got games on it. Mm-hmm. And and they can so they can kind of play the games quietly there while um, you know waiting for the adult to finish with uh, and with what, what the adult needs to do. Yeah, so, so it works. Yeah. It works for both ways. And you, you're selling the. You're not only selling the books. I'm. Can you sir, Can you buy the um, Kindle? You know the electronic stuff on your site as well. Yeah. Could, could you, yes. Could you can buy the Kindles. Uh, yeah. You can buy the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know our other computers. I've, I've got an affiliation with Apple. Yeah. And an affiliation with Amazon. So wherever you find the best deal, you can, um, you know, get it go that way. Go through your site, yeah. All right, well, we've got to go on a short break now. I'm talking to Anne Zeiss about her um, homeschool resource website called A to Z Homeschool. And we'll be back in about 90 seconds. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. 
It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Why do I feel so lousy? Why are my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help My Body is Killing Me, Solving the Connections of Autoimmune Disease to Thyroid Problems, Fibromyalgia, Depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better, to make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live, Monday nights at 9, 10 Central, here on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Right, we're back, and I'm talking to Anne Zeiss about her her website. And um, we've been discussing some of the new trends that she's noticed, and electronics are definitely here to stay. Um, we both agree on that. And um, and tell us a little bit more about once once a parent gets onto your onto your site, what is expected of them? They they really have to know what they're looking for. So once they get onto your site, I know you help them in some way. How do you do that? How does your site help them? Well, there are some you know, the features down the center column will change um, you know periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, Right now, I've got something up there about how to, uh, you know, sell back your old curriculum because mm. that's a topic at this time of year people are interested in. Um, there's a, uh, a section called "Got a Question About Homeschooling," and uh, it uses my Facebook um, plugin. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you're in Facebook too, you can send an, a, a question to me, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and I'll answer. If you need a more private concern you know uh, it's still better to email me but if it's a general one that you think other people will be interested in the answer you can just put the question right there um there are at least three ways to navigate my site you can use the search results um page uh search which so which searches both the homeschooling.gomilpitas.com which is the main old site and it searches the multi-user site to see if any of the bloggers over there have answered your question. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, there's a search in the bottom that even goes uh, more extensively searches other homeschool sites as well as my sites. So if you still can't find it and you're desperate to find a very esoteric topic, you're going to find it on my site. Um, you can navigate by topics. Um, uh, Say you want to find out your um, state information, you can go down you know, to regional, look for the state, and find it there. Uh, you can do alphabetical search uh, down the alphabetical index. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just yeah. Uh, yeah. all sorts of ways to um, navigate in there. And so once uh, we get on onto your site and we've found what we want we're going straight into that other site as if we've Googled it and, and Google's brought up those same topics. So we're doing it all on your one resource site. So your resource for resources is what you've said. So Yes, resources for everything homeschooling. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have um, – it's worldwide and global. There's, there's mm-hmm. pages for like – and links for people in Norway as, and uh, mm-hmm. South Africa and, and Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't matter where you are, um, you can find a you know a good resource here for you. Yeah. So do um, you add? Are you adding all the time new things that you? Yes. I mean, who does that? Are you personally going on and searching for new things? Yes, so I will research a topic and. Okay. Uh, or, or go fix a page up, and I'll take one page at a time. Usually, it's when someone wants me to add a new link. Say yeah. you tell me you've got a new support group in in Ohio. Okay. Um, 
I'll go in and put your new one in there, and then I'll just check all the links on the uh, page to make sure that those other um, support groups still exist or their websites still exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it looks like there's enough, if it's a like a Yahoo group, if there's enough traffic coming to it, recent traffic, mm-hmm. I will sometimes take uh, a site down if it appears to be uh, not kept up to date. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, their last field trip was in you know 2008 or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I noticed that I'll take it down. Yeah. Um, and so you work, you do all of this out of your home. And I know that a few years ago, now you've been in your your home for quite a while. So a few years ago, you started going green. Did you do this as things started breaking down and you were having to replace them? How did that happen? Yeah, mostly. Because um, <laughs> I looked at my start. husband and I said, oh, well, we've been in our house for 26 years. Maybe we could start every time we replace something to think more green about it. You know? Yes, the most recent addition was a uh, tankless water heater, which um, I, I was debating because it didn't sound like it was really going to save us that much more money you know, yeah. over its lifetime. But it turns out that it's just delightful because we can run all sorts of things. You know, someone can take a shower while the so the dishwasher is yeah. running, and someone's running a load of of, of clothes, mm-hmm. and nobody runs out of hot water. Yeah. yeah, that's what they have here. You see, that's a big thing here. Yeah. Well, I think it's new, but I you know it's, a lot of us have had tanks for a long time, yeah, and every know. you know ten years they rust through, yeah. and you have to get something new. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you but know, you've but got it, your solar panels. Yes, they still go up and going, and my husband's always quite happy with the the uh, the way that generates heat, yeah. or uh, or generates electricity for us. So yeah. we're we're literally running the hum- the uh, the websites off of sunbeams. Yeah, well, good. And uh, I suppose uh, how how can you well I suppose bringing in broadband or the net the internet how how do you do that? You still have to do that the old way. I mean that's not uh, we're, we're, we're with internet. Comcast now, and I uh, it's. A whole lot faster than the AT and T DSL was. Uh, it's uh, so so far we're so far so good. Knock on wood. It's yeah. it's coming in through. Um, it's not satellite. It's uh, it's coming in through the lines. I think, but it's twenty times faster. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that does, the Wi Fi is all right, but I don't think it's as reliable as when you have the um, hard. Yes, well, yeah. Then you, then you, like, the Wi-Fi is connected to the system. That. So within the house, we've got Wi-Fi, yeah. and our city decided to go Wi-Fi wide. So out, I can take my laptop and, or my iPad and go out in the park, oh. and um, I can do light work on the side. I wouldn't try any major things, yeah. but I can answer questions and email and things like that. Just sitting out that's outside. Yeah, that's great. And um, tell me about your garden. You say you've got hummingbirds and. Other attract other birds. So what have yes. you done there? Right outside, right outside. I, I have um, my office is in our old living room, and we put all the living things like the TV in, in a back room where I had my office. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got birds here. There's there's uh, at least six of them here right now, and a little fountain. And I've got roses out there. So it's a, a lot of fun. We get a lot of of nature in there. The squirrel is heading out with with uh, some peanuts I left for him. Mm-hmm. So why did you cut back on your grass or cut cut down on your grass completely? Uh, it just seemed um, there were a lot of there there a lot of watering restrictions here sometimes, okay. and there was a lot of extra. We had a very small lawn out front, and it wasn't worth owning a lawnmower for. Yeah. And a friend of mine was doing a butterfly garden, and I thought, oh, you know, she could tell me what to plant. Mm-hmm. So I did, and it's a lot of fun to watch the butterflies. Yeah. And but it's mostly hummingbirds, and they're they're here year round. The butterflies yeah. come in the summer, yeah. but um, yeah. uh, it's it's fun to see them. Yeah, well, we have um, we we live in a um, a flat here in London, and we are overlooking a, a huge garden, and we have parakeets. There are about sixty thousand parakeets here in London. Oh, people let them go? Yeah. No, I think they came up from Africa, is what they say. And um, they've stayed because the population is quite large over the last 10 or 15 years. And so they've been able to, um, you know, reproduce quite successfully. And it's just wonderful to watch them. These And, and they're, they're very noisy. They're not really songbirds. But they're brilliant green. They've got these bright orange beaks. And they've been in our willow tree. We've had a couple. And they're fiercely... Um, 
protective of their tree and we found out where they've made their nest they've made they've but they've made a hole of, you know sort of made a hole in the side of the tree and that's where their nest is so we're waiting to see the emergence of babies hopefully oh, <laughs> oh yeah that's fun we sometimes we sometimes can find a hummingbird nest um, i haven't found one yet this year but um, can you imagine how they, tiny? They, have, they, have, they have eggs about the size of jelly beans i know i know we used to attract hummingbirds in our garden too until the ants started coming. Do you have do you have just natural flowers for the hummingbirds, not feeders? I have feeders. You have feeders? Well, they're, well, they're plants too, but there's... Yeah, because they... we, we found ours were overrun by ants and we just we just had to give up in the end. How did you how do you deal with that? Um, there's new ones that have little moats oh, um, around oh. them and you fill that... It's, it's just enough of a moat that, um, you know, like a castle. And you yeah. put a little bit of water in there and the ants can't get across that. Oh, so that's, that's, look for that variety. Yeah, because I liked that. I mean, we would hang it just straight outside one of our windows and they would just, you know, sort of, and then you'd spot them when they flew off. You'd find them up in the trees because we had a load of trees in the back of our garden. And I think, how did we manage to see that tiny little bird? And when you actually see them flying, they're so brightly colored that, you, you know, if you can keep an eye on them, it's just amazing. Oh. oh, it's fun. Now, my, my mind sort of know me when I'm out there. Oh, and they really? get They get mad at me, you know, yeah. if I'm getting too close or yes. if I'm taking the, the empty feeder down. They're, yeah. they're very worried I won't put it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But they're fun. They, the scary thing is I've got a uh, Cooper's hawk that must be oh. nesting nearby. Mm-hmm. So it attacks the, the, um, the birds at the bird feeder. Mm-hmm. And down below, there's you have these little gray morning doves, and the uh, hawk will attack. This. These are they're very stupid birds. They can't seem mm. to see anything coming, mm. and I, I, I imagine they're fat and juicy. Yeah, that's right. So Cooper's yeah. hawk lands, and I'm seeing all this. You know, this flutter of feathers go up, mm. and, and the, uh, uh, you know the birds all are in a big panic. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's just like having a mass murderer in my backyard. <laughs> But it keeps my eyes. It's one thing that's good is it keeps my eyes from staying on the screen all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that can be a real problem with those of us who work on computers mm-hmm. is we don't look away often enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, at the moment, yeah, my desk is by a window. I always try to get it by a window so that I can actually, my eye can be drawn outside to the greenery outside. Because like you, I, I write a lot, so I'm always at my computer. So Yeah. How and so I think, it's, it's I think it's healthier for my eyes. And then yeah. every once in a while I think I should just get up and get, leave and go walk over and get go out in the garden for a minute and yeah. uh, do this or that. I can see a weed coming up or yeah. a rose that needs to be picked. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. Do you um, limit yourself to a certain number of hours at a time at the computer and well, make yourself get up and walk around? Oh, I try and do these sort of natural ways of doing it. I don't, you know, set a timer or something. <laughs> Well, we're all different. No, I didn't actually set a timer. It's when my, my back sets the timer for me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's why I say natural timers will yeah, tell me that it's I time to get up. I need to get up. Or my stomach says, I'm hungry. I need to go and eat something. <laughs> oh, but, the, but the, the green aspect is interesting. Some things are very small, like using uh, I use bags. And I tend to have a lot of bags to go shopping with that mm-hmm. uh, you know advertise various um, homeschool products or um, – uh, you know, computer products when I've been to like fairs. It's, it's a lot of fun that way. Mm-hmm. And then um, the what else have we done here? Oh, well, he said your toilets are flushing. Oh, toilets. You know. it, was, it was sort of funny when we first got these these uh, uh, dual flush toilets. They're very noisy uh-huh. compared to regular toilets, and they they make a they have a little power assist to them so the water leaves very quickly and it takes a minute to get used it takes a few days to get used to them you sit there and you think you're going to be sucked away with the uh, the flushing so that's kind of fun <laughs> yeah. and then uh but you feel like we're, we're losing less water that way um well and uh, i'm afraid we've come to the end of our time that was wonderful oh, no. and i've been chatting uh, to and yeah, Facebook and the, and the say Facebook and the Google and the Twitter uh, oh, combined. Well, you know what? Why don't we wrap up here just for a little bit and we can come back maybe for five minutes if you'd like. Would you like to do that? Okay. All right. Um, I'm talking to Anne Zeiss and we're going to go on a short break for um, about 90 seconds and then we'll be back. 
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to mm-hmm. have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. All right, we're back. And Anne, I know that we want to talk just a little bit about um, social networking and how that has really taken off with the younger generation so tell us what you've noticed oh that it that it's um it one, one it's great fun to be able to um sometimes you know be able to contact people be able to um i may have put up a big essay on my site but i'm not sure how how soon anyone will find it but if i put it uh, a notification up for it on um, facebook or twitter mm-hmm. Um, or on Google Plus now, then I'm finding that um, people f- can find it uh, sooner while it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's quite exciting to be able to have a little more timely uh, things. Mm-hmm. We are going to start a newsletter. I'm I'm working with the Homeschool Buyers Co-op are are, are going to be the um, uh, advertising agent on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be able to be able to, if you want to subscribe to it and get things on a regular basis, we are going to use the um, the Facebook page as a way of gathering questions that people want me to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can use that help use that for content uh, on things that are you know newly relevant to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking earlier too. I, I'll be trying to use Twitter more. I'm not quite sure. I know how to, you know, get a message out on it. I don't know how to uh, do all the referrals that I should. So I don't mean to be ignoring anyone who's who thinks I should be uh, using uh, tags back at them. Yeah. Um, I just you don't can, know how to do it effectively yet. Yeah, the etiquette of Twitter. But you know, it's it's evolving all the time because I think we're all we make the rules up as we go along. Because I don't think Twitter when they first started. They did not think it was going to be particularly successful, and it just went crazy. Yes, yeah, it did. Um, Facebook's going public, but they're not. uh, I don't think they're going to allow any of the uh, members to afford to be able to to buy stock. I'm thinking that's a little little cruel that we can't even just you know get in for ten dollars or something. Yeah, or for Uh, a a limited amount of time, perhaps they could have done that. Well, they have nine hundred thousand members if they. If we all bought ten dollars worth, that would be a considerable sum for them. It would be. It would be. Um, the um, and then we could, you know, we'd be interest more interested in helping them grow. And That's instead, right. it, instead it's you know huge companies that are going to uh, the ones that got us in all this financial trouble that in the first place are <laughs> going to be the ones going to be able to buy the stock. Yeah. Um, so, Anne, tell us where we go to. Um, access your site and if there are if there are a couple of places or if we can just go to one place and branch off from there yes homeschooling.gomilpitas.com or directly put in google a to z homeschool and it will show up um the multi-user site is an excellent place to go for uh uh, having a a group or a blog uh and have a little more privacy than you would from the bigger uh, sites if you're unsure about uh, the privacy codes on Yahoo groups or or, um, Facebook and you want a place to go where you can talk and not worry about somebody else getting your email address. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's at 
uh, a numeral two z homeschool.com. And the new site will be a numeral two z homeschooling.com. And we hope, um, we should have that up, um, in the summer here now, pretty soon. All right. So, um, but, if they made a mistake and just put homeschool.com instead of homeschooling, it's no, going to no. be transparent. Oh, yeah. Oh, A2Z homeschool. Yeah. I don't want to use it with somebody, another site that's owned by somebody else entirely. Yeah. yeah. So A2Z. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've been chatting to Anne Zeiss this week, who gave us some highlights about her comprehensive website, A2Z Homeschool, where anyone can go to find out all the how-tos and wherefores wherefores of homeschooling we talked about new educational trends her multi-user site where homeschoolers can meet and share and she told us how her home-based business um, went green and is in the process of continuing to go green and thank you so much for joining me this week have a wonderful weekend you too and i wish you every success with your transfer over onto your new site Thank you very much, Vivian, and have a. Hope the weather turns better there in. in oh, I uh, hope so England. too. Bye. Bye. On the heels of Anne's wonderful efforts to sustain a green home and business, I went online to find out what the Horticultural Society was saying about the loss of green spaces in our verdant city of London. Funny enough, I'm not talking about parks and commons. I'm talking about our city front gardens. In Gardening Matters magazine, I read that when the London Assembly examined aerial photographs of the capital, it found that 12 square miles of front gardens are now under paving. This is the equivalent of 22 Hyde Parks. If these were real parks that had been lost, there would be a huge public outcry, says Darren Johnson, chairman of the London Assembly's Environment Committee. Spurred on by this unsettling information, the Royal Horticultural Society and the Horticultural Trades Association commissioned their own survey to get a picture of what's happening in the rest of the country. They found geographical hotspots where about a quarter of front gardens are entirely paved. However, the precise rate at which front gardens are being lost is unknown. The only records to provide any clues are local council planning applications for dropped curbs, so vehicles can cross the pavement to their driveways In London alone, nearly 120,000 such applications have been made during the last five years, but not everybody makes an application. Some people just do it. Paving over front gardens is certainly a fact of life in many urban areas. And why is this a concern? Well, hard surfaces play a part in causing environmental problems. One of these, the increased risk of flooding, is top of the list. Gardens can soak up rain while paving, tarmac and concrete are less porous and increase the amount of rainwater that runs off by as much as 50%. This additional water usually flows into street drains, which can't always cope with the thousands of extra gallons in a storm. The excess can then go back up people's front drives to flood their homes. And the water has to go somewhere, and even if you're not flooded, maybe you're affecting your neighbour downhill. In most parts of the country, rainwater runoff mixed with any pollution it picks up along the way will ultimately flow into rivers. However, rather than heading straight for the natural watercourses, London's rain goes to the sewerage system, which can't always process the surge of water. In an emergency, the excess has to be jettisoned into rivers. And in one incident in 2004, more than 100,000 fish were killed in the River Thames. Apart from potential flooding and killing of water wildlife, what else is causing concern? Paving and concrete need very little maintenance and provide a great place to keep the car. But did you know that hard surfaces increase local temperatures? If vegetation is lost from our streets, there is less to regulate urban temperatures. Hard surfaces absorb heat in the day and release it at night, making it hot and difficult to sleep. Come on, we're talking about England here, not Texas. Sometimes environmentalists get just a little bit radical. They go on to suggest air conditioning units will be bought and use more fossil fuel. No one I know has AC in their homes here in England. Maybe their offices. Paving over our front gardens might seem like the ideal way to solve parking, but when neighbours on both sides of the street begin to follow suit, less street greenery can also have a negative effect on property sales. London Assembly's Darren Johnson explains, if lots of homeowners along a single street pave over their gardens, then the average house price can drop. Leafy streets attract buyers and make the area more desirable. 
However, in contradiction, estate agents point out that in areas with controlled parking zones, off-street parking can actually add thousands to the asking price. We also have to consider the effect of subsidence. According to Neil Curling, senior subsidence manager at Halifax, Halifax Home Insurance, hard paving can cause severe subsidence as it reduces or stops rainfall getting into the ground. This can cause the soil to shrink, especially if it is predominantly clay, which has consequences for structures built on it. Garden walls, paths and houses may develop severe cracks. Subsidence is a big issue here, by the way, and they pronounce it subsidence. It can completely devalue your house when it occurs and cost more to fix than the house is worth. So this is a real consideration. Keep watering those foundations. Oh, but hang on a minute. Can't do that. We have a hosepipe ban in effect. Sounds like a catch-22 to me. Now let's talk about the benefits to people that attractive front gardens offer. With the removal of grass verges and the felling of trees to accommodate dropped curbs, dust is no longer absorbed and there is nowhere for birds to nest and insects to feed. Front gardens provide screening and privacy, a green oasis for enjoyment, birds, butterflies and bees for our viewing pleasure. Tending your garden at the front of the house gives neighbours the opportunity to meet and can help to build community spirit. Well, so does cleaning your car for that matter. But I do enjoy walking along roads with pretty front gardens. Whether parking is the reason or just convenience, when it comes down to it, the choice is yours. The house in London where I used to live has paved over its front garden with crazy paving. My parents would grow roses. They didn't have a lawn. They kept that in the back. But there was a lot of soil and colour. Our ex-front garden still has a wall around it and is not being used as a parking space, so convenience is the motivating factor here, I imagine. However, our friend the neighbour next door, who's been there for 40 years or so, has a lovely front garden that more than makes up for the paving on either side of her. She may work hard on it, but it really is pretty to look at, and she's given it the illusion of being much larger by having tall bushes that take the gaze upwards not to mention the wisteria she has growing across her window frames. Her oasis smells heavenly. And as I was saying before we went on the break, that it's taken me a whole year to decide where I want to put a memorial stone for both my parents. And we, my brother and I agreed that a cemetery in a churchyard would be an appropriate place to inter the ashes. And our lovely St. George's are allowing us to do just that next week on June the 12th, which is the Remembrance Day of my mother's death. And we're going to have Mass said, followed by a short ceremony in the graveyard. My brother told me the Catholic Church doesn't have a plot, and he was going to inter them in the city cemetery, which is non-denominational. So when he heard that I could get a place in the parish church's graveyard, he was agreeable. I have to say, the cemetery is beautiful. It has a wild, overgrown look that's carefully tended each month by friends of the churchyard. Reminds me of the effort I have to take to get my face looking au natural every day. There are wildflowers, ivy, woodlands and countless bulbs that come up in the spring and hopefully I'll get a place next to the rhododendron bush which is blooming brilliantly now and makes quite a cheerful landmark. The place is just like the graveyards my grandmother used to take me to to visit so I'm happy and I feel sure that since it's so close to my brother's house he and the boys will visit it frequently. And we went to my nephew's first Holy Communion Last week, he had to do classes for the whole year on a Saturday. That was a huge commitment, but it's over now. And my older nephew is doing his confirmation next week. So that's another ceremony that we have to go to. And my blue-eyed cowboy made the most beautiful holy cards for that. And um, I have come to um, the end of my show. And I hope you have enjoyed listening to my little comments about the Diamond Jubilee and the fact that we're here. And then after all those celebrations, it's the Olympics. So London's busy. And I'll be busy next week with my parents, as I've said, interment service. And we're working at the theatre during the children's production of Toad of Toad Hall. I'll be here same time, same place next week. So without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief. I miss you three in Texas. The hardworking staff at TogiNet Radio, my guest Anne Zeiss, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, Pam, Charlotte, and many others who are a part of my growing audience. Don't forget, stay tuned. Ali Laprie will be here at five o'clock this evening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, doop, doop. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginat. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who were willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.